Hello and welcome to episode 196 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. It's 196. I could, sounds so crazy, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's been almost four years. It's been a yeah, it's been a while. We've uh, been hanging in for a while. We have. I. It was funny because I, we went to the dentist yesterday, and so the dentist. I mean. You'd never go to the dentist. I've never been to the dentist anywhere except for here where I go in and she's like sitting on the couch in her waiting room. Just and then just sat and had a conversation for a full 30 minutes with me while Phil was having his cleaning. The dentist? Yes. Oh. The dentist. I've just never like, I've never experienced that either. Never have I ever, no. No. The the <laughs> like the administrative assistant who works at the front, she's always very chatty. She'll have a half hour conversation with you while you're waiting. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the no, actual the dentist, dentist? No. Yep, she was just sitting there. Oh hi. She goes, Oh, you're still here. <laughs> Phil's like much to Sandy's chagrin. Yes, yes, we are. And then, she, and so, anyways, then Phil went and had his X-rays and went in with the hygienist. And um, and anyways, the dentist was just sitting there chatting. This is not the first time. When I first time I met her, she was like, "If you need anything, if you need, you know, need contacts or whatever, like just here's my like my thing to WhatsApp me and and whatever." Mm, so that's nice. Very nice. Anyway. Um, She's like, yeah, what's it been? Like, gosh, it's been almost four years, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Oh, wow. She's kept very close. Uh, she's kept <laughs> a very close eye on you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, I was uh, I was chatting with her about, because I, I thought I'd had this, um, uh, what do you call it? Not a cold sore. I thought I had a... Oh, a canker can- sore a canker sore when I was away and didn't have any medication. And, um, anyways, she said it wasn't, it's not a canker sore. And then it started to like, feel like my tooth. So, you know, I was like, Oh my God, have I got an abscess in my, now it's my bottom, like my bottom oh, teeth, I'm no. just, my front teeth on the bottom. Like, I'm just going to like lose my, like my mind. Right. Yeah. Anyway. So she, they had taken some x-rays when I went in and then she's like, uh, I want them to take some more x-rays because you're a special case. <laughs> you've, had a, you've had a little bit of work done on the upper level. So let's just check the lower level and see what's happening. Um, but anyway, she goes, that's not a canker. She goes, that's like a wound. But when I, f- whatever was happening, I couldn't see it. So for a few days. So that was what I didn't think it was a canker at first. And I think that my nail actually, like when I was touching around at it, made it have cut it open, but yeah. it's still, still not closed up. But, um, anyway, she said, if it's not, and it's very tiny now, it doesn't hurt anymore. She just said, if it doesn't in the next couple of weeks, then you call me and we need to come back because you know, I have mouth cancer, right? Like that, that'll be what I have. (laughs) Sandy. (laughs) But I was thinking, oh my goodness. Like I'm thinking, I also had those two dental surgeries here where they had to cut my gum and like into my roots. You have really been through the ringer in Peru. It's like, oh my goodness. (laughs) What the H, you know? Anyway. Anyways. um, (laughs) Oh, thank goodness. 
hopefully it's nothing. And at least it wasn't like she said, okay, now we have to like do something with your bottom teeth and like I need a partial plate or something, you know? No, no. Because it just mentally wasn't there ready yeah, for that. Yeah, sounds, sounds like it's probably nothing. Yeah. It's just taking a little bit of extra time to heal and yeah. and all will be well. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. So So just to follow up. Okay. On the, on the cookie selling nuts. Okay. Yes. I, as I was speaking to you before we started recording mm-hmm. at nine thirty. Oh, it's nine thirteen now. No, what time did he send this? Eight fourteen. Okay. Tim. Tim sent me a couple of, of oh, little, little things. Okay. And sent them as a TikTok. I think this is it. Your cookie selling nuns. Ah. So and have, is it the is it the cookie selling nuns? I haven't seen it yet, but it looks like what they were talking about because it is something that like almost like a lazy Susan but a couple of levels that will turn around yeah okay so so they do exist it is a thing it is a thing yeah okay okay, now I need to ask him like have you gone he needs to go he needs to send us a video of him actually there and when we need to know (laughs) what those cookies taste like we don't want someone else's TikTok video no we want yeah (laughs) we want his video (laughs) we do and the next time he comes to Canada he has to bring some of the nun cookies. Oh, okay. So we're giving him a chore. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it's it. A task. It's a task. It's oh, a, a task. task. Okay. That's task. nice. It does sound Thanks. nicer if you call it a task. It is. It's a task. <laughs> it's a task. Uh, speaking or, of tasks and chores, I got an email from, uh, from, from Tracy earlier this week and she had this is a you know a a lovely woman that we know from from the WW world and she had sent me an article that she's like I think you might be interested in this like this was kind of cool and so I was reading through the article and in the article the the person writing the article is talking about you know some things that her mother always did that she always thought were so strange and one of the things that her mother always did was every time she was going away she would like wash and dry and like put fresh sheets on the bed and like clean the place and like and like she would do that in anticipation of going away and so the the person writing the article was like i just never understood it like why are you doing this so that you can leave like why are you washing your bedding to go somewhere else where you're going to be like sleeping in a hotel or sleeping at someone else's home or like whatever and the mother said as a response well i'm i'm giving myself i'm giving my future self a gift because in the future when I come back I'm going to come back to fresh bedding and so anyway so I read the article and and I was reading that and that was you know lovely and so I emailed her back and was like I do that (laughs) before I go away I clean the bathrooms I vacuum throughout and I change the bedding and I wouldn't have said, like, I'm giving my future self a gift, although that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. But I just thought, like, it's, yeah, it's it's nice to come home to, 
Like for me, there's nothing more welcoming than a clean place, right? So, so it's nice to come home to something that is clean and fresh. I mean, it's the same reason that I make my bed every morning. Yeah. You know, because at night when I climb into bed, I, I want to get into something that's fresh, you know? Well, isn't it the same as, as like, would you ever go to bed with like dirty dishes in the sink? No. In, or leave the house with dirty dishes. Like there are certain, but, but some people are accustomed to that and that's okay with them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are, I, I'm the same. I would never have considered it to be like a gift to myself, but when we're going away, everything is pristine because the last thing I want to do is to come home after I've been away and then have to do that. Or not just feel like, because the first thing, you always want to sleep in your own bed. doesn't matter where you are. And so to crawl into your clean sheets, your towels are clean. Like there's no, there's no residual laundry left over. Everything is all done. The fridge is cleaned up. Like all those things. Yes, this uh, is exactly how I feel. Yeah, have to. I mean, the other thing is like when I, whenever possible, if I'm traveling and I'm at a place where I can get the laundry done, I will have all of my laundry done. So when I come back, I just unpack my suitcase and put it away. And I love when people come to visit me is to make sure that they have their laundry. It's all done. So when they go home, they're not worrying about that. Yeah. Because there are always other things. When you come back from vacation, if it's not, if it's a weekend, it's one thing. But if you've been away for like a week, a week or more, yeah, then you have to go and buy food. Like I already think about that too. Do I have enough yogurt? Do I have some frozen fruit for at least? Depending on what time we're getting in for breakfast, do we need to stop at the grocery store on the way back? Like all of those things. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't always like that, right? Like those are things that you accumulate and just start building habits about for sure. And, and then it doesn't seem like such a big thing to do because leading up to going away, I'm already doing those things. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's, it's part of the, it's, it becomes part of the prep of going away. Yes. Now I, part of getting ready to go away is doing those extra things so that when you come back, you don't have to do them. Yeah. Like Phil's dad, I don't know if he still uses it, but he always had a packing list for when he went away. Right. So we actually physically had a list so he would check things off. Yes. Which I don't actually think is a bad thing. Yeah. You'd have to adjust. Like for me, I could see having a spreadsheet and then I adjusted it every time. Like for how many, like if I'm going away, because then I have to think, okay, how many pairs of underwear do I need? And then I always put an extra one. How many pairs of socks? Like I have gotten much better at not overpacking and like thinking about, okay, what I'm going, I have this night, we're going to a restaurant and this one. So can I wear the same thing? Right. Nice. Because they're in different places, you know, like, can I just wear a different top if I bring bottoms, you know, so I'm, I'm more strategic. And then, if, and then once I get there, this is what I have. I, there's not a lot of thinking. No. Yeah, absolutely. My dad also has an actual packing list that he like prints out and like checks off. Okay. Um, it's more complicated, especially when he's taking the motor home. And that's why he has it. He has it for, yeah. for the motorhome, right? Because because otherwise 
you yeah like you have to keep track of what you've already put in there and what's not in there and especially because when you're when you're putting things into the motorhome they they're going away like into cupboards yeah. and things and you don't even see them anymore right so he exactly. he has a list that he and he's very like good about uh yeah. very good about keeping track of all of that for me when i'm packing i don't make I don't usually make an original list, like as far as like clothes and things like that. Like usually what I'll do is I'll put my like suitcase or my duffel or whatever out and then I'll, I'll throw like on top of it all of the clothes that I'm thinking that I need. And then if there's something that I also want to take, but like it's in the laundry or something like that, that's what I'll put on the list. So, uh. so, so then I have like, I have the packing is 75% done. And then I have a list for the remaining 25% of things that I want. Mm. Right. And so like phone chargers is always yeah. on the list because that I have to grab the morning of, you mm. know, like, you know, um, you know, toothbrushes usually on that list because that's something that I'll grab the morning of. So anything that, or the, like whenever the moment just before I'm leaving the last, those last minute things are always on the list. Plus like the, the hoodie that's in the wash or the, you know, like the, the different things that, yeah. you know, so I always have a list of like, I don't know, six to eight things that are yeah still to be packed but i don't usually start with a an original list if mm. that makes sense yeah. yeah 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 i also don't like to have to like think about oh i'm gonna put it into the smallest suitcase i have especially if it's if i'm checking a bag anyway why do i want to be like stressed about squishing everything into my suitcase i'd rather have lots like some room and so like then it's organized plus i'm a packing cube fanatic okay I don't know why any like everyone doesn't use packing cubes because one everything is so neat when I take it out when I go somewhere I can just open the zipper and unpack my stuff and the suitcase looks so organized. I'm like right. I just bought <laughs> last trip to Canada I ordered new ones uh because buying I had them so long and they were just cheaper ones and they had finally like started ripping, but now I've bought myself a nicer set. I upgraded oh. and I'm very happy with them, but these cubes came in very handy on our trip because we had everything in a backpack and you know what it'd be like if you were trying to like pull all your clothing out. Oh, I know. Whereas no. at least if it's in a cube first then you pull the cube out and then you can and it, through that exactly we had like three things one cube had like every at the end of the day it had like the 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 microfiber travel towel it had like the things with the toiletries in it and whatever and i had then i was smart enough so the next day i'd be like okay but i gotta put clean underwear and another sports bra in there and the shirt i'm gonna wear because i'm gonna wear the same pants very strategic I've never That's, I've never used a packing cube. So Oh, Henny, but it does sound them. it does sound the the organizational part of my yes. heart and brain do, do appreciate the idea of a packing cube. Yeah, it just like whenever I get somewhere and I open up the suitcase and then I just pack dirty clothes back into it like yeah. when I'm because I, Phil just likes to throw stuff on the floor in the hotel. 
and then throw it all in the suitcase. Freaking hate yeah, it. No, like I, no, I, I still want to fold up my dirty clothes. Like I'm, a, I mean, I know I'm a weirdo. Anyone no, else? I do the same. Weirdo? Okay. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. That's why we get so, along so well. <laughs> so I was thinking about you like saying, if you have the opportunity to do your laundry before you come home, you, you want, you like to do that. And so here, and I, I can appreciate that for sure. Here is the difficulty that I have, but packing cubes would solve this issue because Ooh, here's uh, what will happen. For example, if I vacation with my parents and they are, they have the, the motorhome, so they have a washer and dryer in the motorhome. And so then they will want to do laundry so that I don't have to go home with dirty laundry. And so that's, that's lovely of them. So they'll have done some of my laundry. And so then some of my laundry is clean, yes. but some of my laundry is dirty. But if it's all in a suitcase, yes. then when I get home, it's all going in the wash anyway, you know, like, yeah. but if I had a packing cube that I yeah. could keep the dirty separate. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I do, sometimes if I'm, uh, certainly if I'm, I'm, uh, organized enough or if I have enough time or whatever, I, w I will make sure like I'll, whatever is dirty, will go into a plastic bag and then yes. that's, you know, and so, you know, so it's not so, because I also don't want to be wasteful with yeah. the water and the energy of like washing things that are already clean. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, the other thing that's that's a good uh, and that that I also sometimes use is the compression bags that you not the ones you have to hook a a vacuum or a blow dryer up to, but just ones and then you have to, like sit on them, right? And all the excess air comes out and then everything is really compressed. And I'll put the dirty clothes in that because uh -huh. one that also helps with especially if it's you're doing something where things might be smelly, right? So not just dirty but also like sweaty. Yeah. Bathing suits, stuff like that. Right, right, right. That's yeah, a good so, idea. Yeah. So. I like that. Yeah. I like that. All right, Sandy. Here's a, a little change of topic. I was listening to a podcast episode. I, I haven't even listened to the whole thing. I just started it this morning. And so I'm about halfway through. And it's an episode of No Stupid Questions. But the time. And I. And I don't I feel like every time I listen to an episode of No Stupid Questions, I talk about it on the podcast. And so yeah. then it sounds like I listen to it all the time, but uh, I actually only listen to the episodes that I talk about on the podcast. Um, because it came up and it was like the title was something like, Why is it so difficult to resist temptation? Oh, oh and obviously. I thought, uh, I need to listen to that. I need to yeah. hear what, because I need to hear what the experts are saying. And so I, so I'm about halfway through that episode. It's interesting. So there were two things in particular that, that they mentioned that I heard that I was like, okay, I, I need to say this to you. So the one thing is that there is this, like a, a name for something that we often experience. And the name is the want should conflict the want mm. should yep. conflict. And so okay. what it is, is that we want something in the moment. And so that is in conflict with 
what we should be doing, what yep. we know uh, that will be better for us in the future. And so they're, they're both things that, that we have decided that we know, like, I, I want this thing right now, but I know I should do this because that's going to be better for me in the future. Mm -hmm. And so this, so we're in constant conflict all the time about what we want and what we should be doing or what we okay. should be having. And, and so, I mean, you could put this, you could give so many different examples of this but the easiest example of course i think for for me is to think of anything food related you know like mm -hmm. well i i want this you know whatever high high calorie high sugar high fat high highly processed you know delicious thing deep fried <laughs> deep fried yeah whatever you know um but I, what I should be having yeah. is something that is that, and, and not only like, it's not only going to be better for me in the future, like 10 years down the road or 50 years down the road, it's going to be better for me a half an hour in the future, you know, like yeah. 30 minutes in the future. If I have this one, like, you know, if I have this, uh, you know, maybe bowl of yogurt with some fruit and some nuts and things like that. Like that's going to be, I'm going to be fuller a half hour from now. I'm going to like, my stomach is going to feel better a half hour from now. I'm going to be more content a half hour from now, but like that glazed donut just looks so good in this moment, you know? Yeah. And so they didn't have a solution as to how to get around it. They were just commenting on this is a, an incredibly common experience so much so that there's actually a name for it right the the want should conflict so how do you how do you get yourself to uh you know pause on the want and and get yourself to the to the should well so where was the i i i i mean i can understand so where they are talking about this conflict when they're talking about temptation, because the temptation is to go to the want, mm -hmm. not the should. Correct. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah. and so they, and so then they started talking a little bit about some research that one of the, the, the podcast hosts is doing about self-control. And so mm. that's, that's kind of, I think that's how they got into this whole conversation because uh, she yeah. started to do this research about self-control and, mm. and, and so then she was saying too, that what they're find what research has found is that people can be very controlled in certain areas of their life and not at all in other areas. And and so she, so the research that she was doing was centered around sort of different categories of uh, I, not temptations, the wrong word, but different categories of of behaviors. And so mm -hmm. um, so one category being like anger. And so so some people can be very good at controlling their anger. Mm. But they might not be. So then another one of the categories was, you know, gluttony and, and overeating. And so you might be very good at controlling your anger. You might not be 
very good at controlling your eating. Right. You know, and 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 she said that um, more and more the research is showing that people have that there are vast differences within a person as to what they're very good at controlling and what they're not very good at controlling. There isn't, uh, so far in the episode, there isn't a, an answer as to why that is, just that this is something that they are finding, which, I mean, anecdotally makes sense to me. Yeah, but, and it, I mean, think about, think about anything that you have that you've, you feel that you're you don't have control over is what that how the feeling that you feel how you feel about yourself knowing that I can do this but why can't I do that if I can control this why do I do this right I mean that that's I, I think that's that's you know something that everybody struggles with at some level yeah, yeah. but why is it why is it that, I don't know why, think, why is it that that is? I don't know why it is, but I think what is helpful to know is that it's not a character flaw, if that's right. the case. Uh, yes. Right? Like, to, so, and I think maybe that's, like, that's the takeaway that, you know. Yeah. It, it is probably true that you are very good at keeping this and this and this and this in check. And you may not be so good at keeping this in check. Well, it's the but, difference between um, what you do and, and who you are. Correct. Right. And that's, correct. that's the different, that's the shame thing. That's shame, right. Feel sh between shame and guilt too. Right. right? Yeah. 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 That, that, that it's, it's very common that you would be able to, or that you can um, manage different areas of your life. And then one particular areas is very challenging to manage and very challenging to, to mm -hmm. keep in control. And, but to know that that doesn't mean that you are a faulty person or a bad person or whatever. It just, it's just the case that most people can manage some areas of their life really well and others not so much like like it's just the way that it is and do you so what do you think like how how do you think I mean I do think it the the reason that we have these expectations of ourselves and get upset with ourselves is because that's what we've been taught mm -hmm. is is like we should be able to do certain things. And then when we can't do other things, we have never learned the skills to, instead of say beating ourselves up about it is actually saying, well, you know what, that's okay. What do I need to help me with that? Mm -hmm. You know, it's either ask what, maybe it's just the, 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 the inability or the, the, what we, we were, we, didn't get the support to ask to say that you know there are certain things you just need to ask for help it's okay it's okay to ask for help the expectation isn't that you should be able to figure it out on your own I, I don't I don't know how do how do we create or how do we change that I don't know yeah how do you how do you change the expectation that you should just be good at everything yeah 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 it's hard. You know, it was interesting. 
my my whole growing up life and I mean and my adult life too but my parents always called me Mary Poppins and and the idea was you know because Mary Poppins her like little descriptor of herself is practically perfect in every way right and so Mm -hmm. that was always like not a nickname but like uh an an inside like yeah term of endearment or you know that would have been used that or that continues to be used and for me and as recently as the, the in the first week of January when I was on holidays with my parents something I don't know something happened and and so my dad said like like commented well you know like Mary Poppins over there or like whatever and which is fine like it's it's mm-hmm. always been it's always been a name that I liked having mm. and I yeah, I, I've always, I've always liked being called that. And, and so even when he said it, like, a few weeks ago, like, it makes me smile. Like, I, I like it. I like that that's the name that they have for me. And then my mom said, you know, I've, I've really been thinking a lot about, like, us calling Henny Mary Poppins, like, all of her life. And I feel like we put a lot of um unnecessary pressure on her by doing that and i was like wow (laughs) but it's but it is true yeah and of course you like it because it's a it's a nice thing to have people think that you are that you're good yeah that you're yeah yeah right um but it does on the flip side when you don't feel that yourself then you feel like you're letting people down yeah that's what happens which is hundred percent true. Correct. And yeah. so, and, but it was just so in like interesting yeah. and insightful of my mom to have said it in the, in that no. moment. Right. No. And so yeah. when she said it, I said like, Oh, I said, I guess, but I said also, I said, um, I don't ever feel like my, like you, like my parents put more pressure on me than I put on myself. Mm. but I mean, but is that true? I, I do think that's true. I think I definitely, the, the pressure that is the pressure that I feel the greatest is pressure that I put on myself. But I wonder if that comes from, like, like I put the pressure on myself because I want to achieve the expectations yes. that my parents have had of me, exactly. right? So, so it's yeah. this whole big, like, you know, interwoven yeah. situation, right? But, yeah. yeah. But it's also, I, I mean, there's a lot of discussion around the whole generation of raising our kids and telling them that they can be anything they want to be. Mm. But they can't. Like, right. the, the truth is you can't. Yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, that, that it's okay, that they're perfect in every way. And it's almost gone the other way to, from, from maybe from parents who grew up with their parents not being a little bit. My parents, my parents never told me that I could be anything I wanted to be. Yeah. Because they very distinctly told me that I was never going to be a ballerina. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and they were right. <laughs> but but it but it is interesting. It's 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 even you know it, it, I mean, thinking about, okay, sorry, you can hear my dog like, barking. Yeah, that's in the, okay. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. It's because he can hear Brock and Emmeline. Is, is the things that we say to to kids, like girls, you know, you're beautiful, you're pretty, you're so pretty. Mm-hmm. And from a very young age, telling them that when you associate and when people tell you that, that it's a good thing, like you... It's something to be proud of, something to achieve, something to want, something to need, actually, mm-hmm. is the worst mm-hmm. of it. It's something to need, yeah. to feel validated. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, th- I mean, that was a whole, that was a whole tangent I wasn't uh, anticipating that we, that we would go down. But yeah. That's yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And, and, and I'd forgotten even that that happened, but it, it just, uh, you jogged my memory. The other, the other thing that they were talking about in this podcast episode that I thought was fascinating, and it's, and it's a little bit tied to a conversation that we had a couple of months ago, maybe about about tipping. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they they were talking about um, a series of studies, research studies that were done, where they were, where the the people in the study were offered money and then they were asked about or they were given like a a scenario where you know maybe there was someone who could benefit from being like gifted some of that money and and so the the whole scenario is painted to them as you know would you be willing to donate some of your money this is what you'd be donating it for it would be anonymous no one would know that it came from you like you know you know, it would just this whole like situation where you would you had the option to donate some money but your name wouldn't be tied to it so it's not like someone would know that you did it mm-hmm. no one would be thanking you for it you know like and and typically in these scenarios they found that people were willing to donate between 20 and 30% of the money that they had and and so as a result of these studies researchers were saying well people are generally altruistic like most people will happily give 20 to 30 percent of what they have to help other people and you know isn't that great pat ourselves on the back people are so kind and generous and it wasn't until a little bit later that that other researchers were looking at this and saying "Mm, i don't think this is talking about like people just being kind i think this is telling us something about scrutiny and about the fact that we behave a certain way when people are watching Mm. and so it is true in these research studies like that they were the situation that they were the scenario they were given was that they were giving the money anonymously but the researcher running the like uh, like asking them to do this they would know if he if right. the participant was off, was offering the money or not and so and so the thinking is that when people are watching 
we are more likely to do what we perceive as being good things like donating mm. money. And, and so I, I, it made me kind of giggle because of course, right? Like, and so then I was thinking about our conversation of tipping, you know, or even mm. like when people at the, like when you're, when you're buying something at a store and then the person at the cash register is saying like, well, like, would you like to donate a dollar yeah. to this or would you, you know, yeah. and there is a little bit of pressure to say yes, because if you say no, like, what is this person going to think about you? You know, like yeah. whereas if you're, if you're buying something, this doesn't, I don't think this happens, but like, imagine you were buying something online and then it yeah. gave you the option, yeah. like, do you want to donate $1? It's very easy to say no to that, yeah, right? Because sure. no, no one's going to know. Yeah. And so I was thinking, about, I was thinking about that it was making me kind of chuckle, but I wonder how that is connected to, I mean, it's very much connected to things related to like weight and wellness. Mm. because this idea of scrutiny, this idea of behaving in like behaving one way when people are watching and not necessarily behaving that way when people aren't. Well, I mean, uh, for sure it's, it's, I mean, and we've, uh, I mean, I've done it. I'm sure you've done it. Sandy, that's my whole, that's my whole life. We know people have done it where you eat in a certain way when people are watching, but clearly there's no way that you can maintain the weight that you are at if that is all you are eating. Correct. And so even to tell people that I this is what I've eaten, you're like, mm, I'm pretty sure that there may be, you may, sure you are eating that, but I think yeah. there's things that are missing that you're yeah. not. Yeah. Accounting so, for. I mean, that's been my whole life. Yeah. My whole life is eating a certain way in front of people and then, eating additionally by my, by myself right but, and but, so is, but is that is that uh what what's is that because you think that people think that you're eating in a way that you think people like that you think that you should be eating in or are you eating in that way because you know that people are watching no is that the same thing oh no i think those are two different things okay and it's the first and not the second. So if I'm hearing the question right, the question is, how, do I find myself or have I found myself eating in a particular way when other people are around because I feel, the first thing you asked was because I feel like that is the accepted way of eating and so that's yeah. how I should be eating? Or am I eating a certain way when other people are around because I feel like they're watching me and I have mm -hmm. to eat a certain way because they're watching me? I don't feel the second. I don't feel that people are watching what I'm eating. Mm -hmm. um, it could be, I mean, I'm sure my mother is. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, but other than that, like I don't really ever feel like people are watching what I'm eating. But I do very much feel like I should be eating a, a acceptable amount yeah. or an acceptable type of food or whatever, you know, like, so if other people, well, and I mean, some of it is, some of it is social, is like a, a social thing, right? Like if you are, you know, eating with a group of people and everyone is having one plate of food, I, I'm not going to have three. Yeah. You know, right. like, so some of it is that, so it's not that I feel like people are watching me, but it is very much like, I feel like 
this is how I should be eating. And so and that people would notice if I was eating. If I weren't. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there is that element of scrutiny, but I mean, I think, you know, this is, it's something that I not passed completely, but it's definitely something that I've gotten better at. Like, yeah, I've gotten much better at balancing the two, not feel like feel, I think I'm, I'm getting better at eating in the way that I would choose to eat, whether people are around or not, as opposed to feeling like I need to eat this particular way because this is how people eat. You know, like right. I, I think I've gotten better at saying, well, this is just how I eat. And so that's mm. what I'm going to do, you know? And, and so I do feel much more confident in that. I do still, I do still struggle with, um, you know, eating things, eating in a way that I'm, that doesn't make me feel good and only doing it when I'm by myself. Right. Like mm -hmm. that, I think, but I, but I, I mean, that's something that I'm, you know, continuing to work on. And I, and I have like set, like long stretches of time where it's not an issue. And then I have stretches of time where it's like, what's yeah. going on with me? Like get, get a mm -hmm. handle on yourself. Right. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think does that once you once you've done it once, does that like uh, a continue? Uh, yes. Then you continue. Yeah. And so has the amount of time though between like of the if it's you know if it used to be like two weeks, like now do you pull yourself back in in a shorter period of time? Is what I'm asking. Oh, I think yes. Yeah, I think I think I I think it's I would say that that is true. Can I ask you though, do you track all of that stuff when you do that or no? No, I don't. Okay. So you don't track anything or do you just track all this, the, like the stuff so that there's something in your tracker or your trackers would have days with nothing in it? My tracker would have days with nothing in it. Were you, would you even open the app? No. Uh, okay. And no. then so you would I, avoid so the I scale. Wouldn't, you, know, I wouldn't. you would avoid the scale also. Correct. Correct. And would only you would you only step on the scale after you'd been back on track for a period of like a week mm. or do you do it to see where like where the situation I think is typically it would be like okay f okay we're done with this nonsense get on the scale and yeah. and like let's be more reasonable so it okay. usually the the turnaround usually starts with the scale and do you, when you're eating like an asshole, we're just going to call it yeah, that. Yeah, let's call it that. Um, do you do it with Mark? No. Or does he not even see that? No. Okay. It's only for me. And all of the, the like, packaging and everything is, like, well hidden and gone. Yes. It's, it's. Gone? Yeah. It's, or, yeah. or it's, like, I would say, so the last time I had a, a like, a three-week spell in December where I was eating like an asshole. And I would say like garbage was in the garbage can, but not hiding in the garbage can. Mm -hmm. Mark's not paying attention to what's in the garbage can. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but, but the, yeah, right around Right around Christmas, actually, I was like, all right. I think it was Christmas Eve. I was like, all right, Christmas Eve, get on the scale. 
let's let's do this and and then over the holidays um felt really good so and then back into school and on a on a bit more of a routine that also helps but even like i mean the the turnaround was starting at christmas time right so and that was yeah. not routine like it was a a week of like Vac- like a week of vacation at home and then a week of vacation away but like yeah it was all like good healthful eating and and then like the thing is like and I and I just have to remind myself of this is that I I do genuinely feel better <laughs> when I'm eating better mm. You know, yeah. like my stomach feels better. My skin is better. My, you know, like mood, my your mood is better. better. Yeah. yeah. Like I just feel better. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm, so I'm really pleased with, yeah, with the, with the, and like, that was maybe the shortest, that was, it was like three weeks of crap, but I think that's the shortest period of that kind of eating that I've ever had. Wow. Okay. So... So when you say like, does it like, is it getting shorter between mm-hmm. times? I, yes, I think it, I genuinely think it is. Yeah. And do you find yourself saying like, this is, it won't happen again? Or do you know that there probably will be another? I used to say that. I used to say it won't happen again. I have stopped saying that. I think it's yeah. not. I think, I think that's putting unnecessary pressure on myself. I think it's better to like identify like, okay, got myself turned around after three weeks this time. Not so bad. Like, you know, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then it's, you know, it's fresh in your memory again that it doesn't feel great, you know? So like, I think it's more, I'm, I'm trying to, to pay more attention to that sort of stuff rather than just saying things like, well, I'm never going to do this again because uh, I probably will. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think that's fair. I think there's, there is some, um, there's some positive, uh, you know, thing with just accepting things like this would be something that I will, you know, will be a challenge, uh, for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, not a struggle, but it's just going to be something that I will periodically need to, to deal with. Yeah. Because you do eliminate, like we all eliminate some of those feelings of, you know, like not being like worthy and just feeling so terrible about ourselves when we can just accept certain things. So yes, 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 yeah, yes. yeah. But still see progress, right? And I think that's important too, is to look back and and that you're managing things better. You're dealing with things more quickly. You're being a little less scathed from the event, you know, like, you know, whether that's, um, in this case, like whether it's, you know, less of a gain on the scale or less of a feeling like a complete failure or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Like, I think, I think that's ultimately when you're talking about this being, you know, for the rest of your life and this being a long game, I mean, that's, and 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 again, it, this may be this may be just part of of your pattern. Yeah, right. I think we all have those things that that are you know 
we look back and we think, okay, I've had all of these other wins. Like I've changed so many things and that I know that like even quitting smoking, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. I know if I picked a cigarette up, I would start smoking again, even though I would be gagging. Yeah. Yeah. I also know, like I, I, it's enough to say, I know how I'm going to feel and I do not want to even go there because yeah. I know I can't just have one. It will just open up Pandora's box, Pandora's box, Pandora's <laughs> box. But I mean, I know we have a few minutes left. Yeah. I think. Yep. Yep. Okay. So yep. just even on Saturday, it was the discussion for WW was about the scale and, and oh, you would yeah. ask about pros and cons. And I think that that's also something that for each person, they have to come to uh, acknowledging what is, what is the best thing for them because it is just a piece of information. Mm-hmm. However, that piece of information can be something that puts you into uh, uh, a funk of, you know, um, all kinds of changes where if you get on the scale, I, I mean, you know, I, and I've said this before, I weigh myself at least twice a day. When, yeah. I'm on vac- when I'm on vacation, if there's a scale in the hotel room, my first morning there, I will weigh myself. Mm-hmm. The only reason I do that is just to keep this, to see how things are going for the vacation. Right. I, but I don't take a scale with me and I right. don't get funked out about, like, I don't freak out that I don't have a scale. Right, right, right. Um, I do weigh myself before I leave the house, though, so I know what that is and when I get back. But I, for me, I don't get hung up with, oh, my God, the scale yesterday was this and today it's up two pounds and now I have to, like, not eat as much today. Right, right. But there was a time then that that was who I was. Right. Now I actually can use it and see the days I work out, for instance, with the trainer. Right. My weight is always up at least two pounds from the day right. before. Right. But now I'm, I can see that's a pattern. Yeah. So what that's, you know, the if you do weigh yourself frequently, I think it, it that it can be useful to see patterns like that, yes. to see things like whether it's once a week or whatever it is. Yeah. But, you know, for women who are still having a monthly period, you can see the time leading up to it maybe, or maybe it's just as soon as you get it. Like we all have different fluctuations. And so that information can be important to not play games with how we feel about ourselves, how we're eating, how much we work out, all of those types of shenanigans, you know, Um, it's, it's just one more piece of information, but if it is something where you're not at that point, then no, you shouldn't be weighing yourself even once yeah. a week. Yeah. Maybe it's once a month. Yeah, know? absolutely. I, I think I think that's the key when it comes to you know anything you're doing to for your wellness, but especially when you're doing something that is like a measurement of your wellness. Yeah. You know, like like if we understand the scale to be a measurement of how well I am, I mean, it's a that's a little bit of a stretch, right? It's a measurement mm-hmm. of like one piece of information that tells me something about myself that may or may not lead into my wellness. You know, like it, it's it's yeah. quite a like it's quite a, a staircase to get to that, but I do think think that having that information is important. And I know for myself, 
when my behaviors are, are not behaviors that I'm proud of, then I don't want to get that piece of information. Yeah. <laughs> yes. because, because the information is just going to uh, cement for me that yeah. my behaviors are not ones that I should be proud of. And I'm yeah. already proud of them. Right. So, yeah. like, so but I, I mean, that's, that's a problem. Like that, that is a, a, a cue to me, like the moment that I don't want this piece yeah. of information, what am I doing? in my life yeah. it needs to be adjusted right because yeah. otherwise i mean if you're happy like if i'm feeling good about what i'm doing i feel good about how i'm moving i feel good about how i'm eating i feel good about those things then you know whether the number is up or down or the same or whatever it's just it's like you said it, it's it's showing me the the rhythm of of my day-to-day -day life it's showing me you know a pattern in my weight and, you know, mm. it's just information for, 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 for myself and for where I am. Right. So, but yeah. it, 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 um, if you're not, like you said, if, if that's not how you see that number, if you, if you qu haven't quite figured out how to see the number as a piece of information, then is it possible that getting on the scale regularly would be a more harmful behavior than a helpful one? It is. It's possible. Yeah. 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 It's also, I think, uh, important to think about if what's coming out of my mouth is, well, I want to, I want to eat in a, in a more healthy way. I want to live a healthier life. Then that is not just about the number on the scale. That is also about the quality and quantity of food you're eating more importantly the quality of the food that you're eating yes right and and then what are you doing to move your body i mean there's how are you sleeping i mean there's the other three pillars it's not just you know about that weight mm -hmm. and what that says Mm -hmm. But we put we we seem to discount the the other parts of things and just put so much emphasis on on that. But it it should be if that's if that's where you're thinking, and that distracts you from everything else is that you should yeah. really be considering: Do I really mean like is that are those other things really important to me? And if they are, then then you should increase you know, how you feel about those things that you're doing and decrease whatever that, you know, number is, which is literally a snapshot of a certain time. And, mm -hmm. and it, it literally will change to have a glass of water and that number changes. Absolutely. Like, yeah, go, go to, to the, the washroom <laughs> and that number changes. You got it. Yeah, absolutely. So, sometimes, though, I will get up in the morning and I've weighed myself. I usually go to the washroom and weigh myself. And then, you know, like 20 minutes later, I'm like, oh, I have to go pee again. I'll go pee and then I'll get on it because it is, to me, I'm like, huh, like I just went down like 0. 0.2. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it, it's, it's so interesting. abstract, you know, yeah. like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I'm like, huh. I wonder if I went poop, what that would be. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like, it's just, that's how bizarre it can be. Yeah. You know, yeah. and just yeah. like ridiculous it can be. Yes. So. Yes.
it's yeah. all yeah it's it's all information and it and it can be very useful information yeah yeah it is it was interesting just to hear how people what their thoughts around it how they feel about it mm -hmm. um yeah i think for the most part um at the workshop on saturday people were very much of this thinking that it's like you know what i I don't always want to get on the scale. I don't always want to see what the number is, but I know like it's just a number. It doesn't really, you know, define who I am, you know, but but mm -hmm. I think the people who are speaking and saying those things, these are people who have been uh with weight Wa with weight watchers for a long time who have done a lot of transformation yes. physically and emotionally with themselves on their journeys Correct. similar to the way that we have right and so yeah. you know it would be interesting to hear someone's opinion or someone's thought or feeling like for someone who had just started for example yes you know exactly exactly because, yeah. because it's different right the you, your thinking about things changes as time as time goes as time goes by as you as you get older as you have more experiences and as you learn yeah. more things right mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely and as you really begin to to trust trust the program itself yeah. And understanding like if I eat less food, it doesn't mean that the scale is going to move. Sometimes I have to eat more food. And because that's just not what has been, you know, that we've been me, trained. That took me a long time to figure out. I know. <laughs> so bizarre. And the types of foods and, you know, not taking a food group out, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and, and. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it's like, you know, you don't need some, you know, some, some woman or man who's, who's just gone through the program themselves up there to tell you that, you know, sometimes it takes that plus listening to other people plus doing additional reading plus I don't know how about you try it sometimes that's all it takes <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you know it's, I, I remember thinking you know the definition of uh, insanity is like doing the same thing over and over and 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 not getting a different result or getting the same result right and, and expecting so, a different one yeah yeah expect one and so you know if what you're doing right now I mean if you feel that you're doing everything right and you're not getting the results you want then you need to try something different and so you know there's 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 the only thing you have to lose maybe is something on this from the scale you know like <laughs> right. like actually might feel better you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like operating I operate great on six hours of sleep yeah okay because you don't know what how you would operate on eight hours and how you would feel yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'll tell you, you what. You think you're your peak. You'll you'll <laughs> probably feel better. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you'll feel better. Yeah. Sandy, I feel like we've solved all the world's problems. <laughs> Thank goodness. And it's only the middle of January. There, I said it. It actually is the middle of the month. <laughs> yes. Clenched it. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for this lovely chat. Um, always, you, always, always a good time.
Yeah, thank you. Same with you. And for those of you who who continue to listen to us, thank you so much. And for you know those of you who uh, you who interact with us on social media, I know I've I've had a, a couple of uh, fun conversations this week with people talking about celebrity memoirs that they that they loved because that's what we were talking about last week. And so okay. We, we, we love that you are so supportive of us. So thank you to, to all of you. Yes. Yes. And just for, if you're looking for a good one, I just finished the Gina Davis uh, dying of politeness. It is a absolute treat. Okay. I'm, I'm picking it up. Loved it. Loved it. Wasn't a huge fan of hers. Now I love her. Okay. So. <laughs> great. Have a great week. All right. Yep. You too. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.